0: Bringing it back around one more time, you gotta know what's going on in the world around you, and if you're gonna rely on anybody to bring you the most important news in the entire world, you can count on us. We are the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my main dude right here, Chris Sinzak, and today we're bringing you the noise, the new noise. How you doing, man? good did you notice i don't know if you
1: have other people talk to you about the the episodes we do i noticed that new noise was probably a bad idea for the news segment because i get people sending me new bands and they're like hey you should play this on new noise and i'm like no that's fresh blood oh yeah because new noise
0: sounds like a a music show maybe we should change that in the future i don't know maybe we should someone help us find a better name for a rock news show and we no. might just pick yours, and that's what we'll call it from now on. Yeah, new noise is kind of confusing. Because, like, radio stations would use that maybe if they ever wanted to play new music, or they probably used to. <laughs> like, yeah. You're listening to this radio station. This is the new noise right here, the new stuff, you know? We got fresh right. blood.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, maybe we should do that in the future. Okay. But no,
0: we've we got plenty of stories to cover this week. You ready to get into it? I think so. I feel like I had a correction to make from last week, but I can't remember what it was. Maybe it'll come to me before the end. All right, S- stay tuned for late breaking news with a correction. Um,
1: <laughs> well, this is very topical because the Do Dreamers Never Die documentary has been screened in theaters this weekend, actually. Yeah. So, um, but there was, you know, a lot of people are wondering, like, why is Vivian Campbell not interviewed for this thing? <laughs> and, uh, well, gee, I wonder but you know it was uh you know vivian did not have a good breakup with ronnie so and for many years those two sparred in the press about it and vivian also would drag wendy into the whole thing so it's uh you know i think the most famous quote was vivian saying that when wendy got into when wendy was in the picture ronnie she she talked ronnie into making it more about him and less of a band And that was—I'm sure—that did not go over well with Wendy. So I don't know. I mean, it—it made—I—I never expected Vivian to be
0: interviewed for this thing because there was a lot of harsh feelings there. That's probably true, though, right? Don't you think? It probably is. Same way Sharon was with Ozzy all them years, where she was his manager, and so she obviously it was all about Ozzy and would screw anybody on songwriting or anything to always make sure that it's about Ozzy. It's not about the guys in the band. They're interchangeable. It's gotta be Ozzy. That's the money. Yeah. Probably the same deal. Yeah. And
1: they might've used Ozzy and Sharon as a template. Cause I mean, it was obviously working for them. Totally. So why wouldn't, why wouldn't they copy that template? You know, and he said that she didn't see Dio as a creative unit. You know, he says Ronnie knew better, but I suspect that in an effort to win back Wendy's love, cause they had split up before this, but she stayed on as his manager that he was willing to bend to her whims. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, it's also one of those things where Ronnie James Dio was an alpha, and I also think Vivian Campbell is an alpha. And you put two alphas in a band together, it's very hard to make it work. So I I think that was probably a big thing. I never expected Vivian to be a part of this documentary because Wendy's the person behind it. So it, it wasn't shocking to me that he wasn't involved. Obviously, he's a huge part of the Dio story because he played on those classic records, but wasn't a shock to me. I still want to see the movie. It's, I'm assuming it'll be streaming pretty soon since it's in theaters right now, but uh, I'm excited to see it. I've, I've seen some amazing reviews. Even Tony Iommi was at the uh, the premiere of it this
0: weekend and, nice. and had rave reviews of it, so I'm excited to see it. It sounds awesome. totally does. Now, you talk about Vivian Campbell and Ronnie James Dio both being alphas. Was Vinnie Vincent an alpha? Yeah. He was the alpha of the alphas. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious how that worked because he doesn't seem very powerful, but yet you throw him in there with Kiss and obviously Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons are alphas and all that conflict in there. Yeah. So I was just curious how that ranked with it. That's what made me think of who's an alpha. Yeah. We could do a show about that, like the biggest alphas in rock
1: yeah i mean there's there's several but uh but yeah like vinny was i think i saw an interview recently with bruce Kulick talking about vinny and he was like because bruce was kind of around the band at that time because bob was helping through the uh killers and creatures of the night sessions yeah. so he would bring bruce down to the st- and bruce actually did audition for kiss at that time so um but you know he even said vinny wanted to make kiss his band yeah. and like you can't do that. No. I mean, especially <laughs> especially after what they just went through with Peter and then Ace. Yeah. So it, it's not like Gene and Paul were going to relinquish control to somebody else off the street. It wasn't going to happen. So it's just—I
0: suppose yeah. after the whole thing with Ace really costing them so much money, they probably looked at each other and said, "Nobody else ever controls anything but us from here on out. We don't rely on nobody to make our way." Yep.
1: Well, and I think that's why uh Eric Carr got short shrift on getting a vocal, you know, through all those years yeah. cuz it was that was the whole thing was we're a four-wheel drive machine back through the 70s, everybody's going to sing a song and all that and then Eric Carr got, kind of got screwed in the process cuz they got so overprotective of the the band yeah. and who was in control.
0: But anyway, it's wild man, wild stuff.
1: Record time we direct things to kiss. But anyway. <laughs> so uh Some Judas Priest news. Richie Faulkner spoke to 96.1 KLPX radio station about the set list for the upcoming fall U.S. tour that Judas Priest is about to do. Uh, And he said, well, I can say it's around the 40th anniversary of Screaming for Vengeance. If I'm not mistaken, I'm sure the Internet will say it's not the right month yet or the right week or I'm a week later or whatever. But, yeah, so we're going to hit some moments from that record as like a tip of the cap to the Screaming for Vengeance album. So I, I wonder what that's going to be, but he says they will reference that album in a few places. So I wonder what songs are going to wind up getting put on on the set list from that album.
0: Well, they're all pretty good, and you'd be excited yeah. to hear just about anything off of it.
1: Yeah, they did do uh, Take These Chains the last time I saw them. That was great.
0: That's nice. I always like it when you see a band and they bust out a surprise. Mm-hmm. Like even spin it back to Kiss one more time, that last time we went and seen them in Nashville. How cool would it have been if they'd have busted out something weird out of nowhere? People would still talk about that. But, you know, it's cool when bands like that can do it. Priest does it. We would go and see Alice Cooper, and he plays the song Pain. And it's like, what? I can't believe it. This song is so great. And I never would have guessed he'd have been playing it live that night. And that's what stands out to me about that show all those years ago was that he played the song i didn't expect him to play and it was freaking awesome and i'll never forget it that's great when bands yeah. are able to do that you know and give people those memories yeah pain is one of the best songs in his whole yeah. family, in my opinion. i yeah, never I would have expected song. to hear that song that night and when he started it out as soon as them first riffs hit i was like no freaking way <laughs> that was a great yeah movie. that was a lot of fun
1: So to take things back to Ronnie James Dio, um, Tony Iommi was among the attendees at the premiere, like I mentioned, and he uh, spoke to Metal Talk on the red carpet and said about his late Sabbath and Heaven and Hell bandmate, it was real sad because we were really on a roll when we'd done the debut Heaven and Hell album, The Devil You Know, when we were touring and really enjoying it. And I remember talking to Ronnie when we were in Japan. We went for dinner one night. We said, look, we're not going to say we're going to go for five years or whatever. We'll just try it and see where it goes. So we'd done the tour, we loved it, we enjoyed it, and then we were in this restaurant, and I said to Ronnie, "Do you fancy doing anything more?" And he said, "Oh, yeah, we've got to do another album. Let's do another album and another tour." And that was the plan. That's what we were going to do, and of course, Ronnie didn't make it, but it was going so well. We had a great time being together, we loved working together. I loved working with Ronnie. So you know, if Ronnie had lived and and you know pulled through his health issues, they were there was going to be a second Heaven and hell album.
0: And those Heaven and Hell albums, those songs that they came up with when they came back together, I think it was like the original thing was like Black Sabbath, Best of the Dio Years. And on that was a couple of extra tracks of new stuff they had recorded together. And one of the songs on there was one called The Devil Cried. And it's an unbelievably awesome song. And when I heard that, I was like, holy shit, man, I hope they do more. And then they came out with that album and man so good i wish that they would have come out with another one i'd love to have yeah. one more because that stuff was great sometimes a band will come back together after all them years and get back together and you just can't recapture the magic but those guys mm, they had it all along well and i thought heaven and hell recaptured
1: it better than sabbath did doing the 13 record way I, I better i yeah, even Ozzy's been slagging that record a lot in the press lately, saying how he didn't feel like it was really a Sabbath record. I mean, It didn't have Bill Ward on it. Right. How, do you call, how do you call that a Sabbath record? Yeah,
0: no, I'll definitely... Unless it's
1: got Vinny, you know. But, I mean, Vinny's great, don't get me wrong, but I just...
0: The Heaven and Hell stuff, I thought, was way more cohesive and sounded like a real band. Yeah, for sure. I'll take the stuff I was doing with later years' Sabbath over the stuff that Ozzy did, trying to recapture that stuff and... Just couldn't match it like Heaven and Hell. That stuff is so good. If you are a fan of Sabbath, Dio, any of that, and you haven't listened to Heaven and Hell, you're missing out on something. Awesome. I'm telling you. Some great stuff. Uh, news about te- in the
1: Tesla world, uh, our, our old friend Troy Lucchetta uh, kind of made an interesting statement in an interview recently. It says he doesn't know if he's ever going to play with Tesla again. You know, he, was, uh, he kind of announced that he was going on a break right. from the band. But uh, these comments kind of make you think it might be a little longer than that. He, and uh, the it was Tulsa Music Stream talked to him, and they asked if he's still taking a break from the band. He said, I am I'm I am on a bit of a break. Personally, there's a lot of things going on in my life. Uh, this thing that we do doesn't cater to families. So at the time that this had gone down and COVID and everything, it just really gave me some time to step back and look at things. I've been running hard with the band for 36 years, and I love the guys, and I love the band. I'm a fan and always will be. I've got nothing but praise for them. They gave me a great life, and I think we all share in that. Right now, I'm doing a lot of different projects. I never played in any cover band, so I went out and played in a James Taylor tribute. I went out and did some some of this with Led, a Led Zeppelin tribute. I did a Van Halen thing with these friends of mine called Completely Unchained. And then I'm in a classic rock tribute and those are some of the things and records. I get to do a lot of records. I'm here. I like being home. And quite honestly, I just signed up. I'm doing some dates with the guest who right now. Wow. I've done, I've done half a dozen shows and I'm having fun with the guys. I like the band. I like the guys, good stuff, a lot of good stuff happening. So, um, and he had a lot of praise for Steve Brown, who is the, the drummer right now for Tesla. That's Mick's brother. And, um, I don't know. To I, I get the vibe that Troy might be done ever playing in Tesla.
0: He might just be over it. Seems like it. It seems like he's pretty comfortable with what he's doing. Instead of getting on a tour and having to be gone for three months, he can just pick and choose his gigs here and there and do it at his leisure. That way, I'm sure it's a lot more fun and a less, lot less like a job. Yeah. Well, I mean, I
1: and you know I've known Troy for a couple of years now, and even at the time he was still in the band, I think well, we went over to his studio and we we got to hear Shock before it came out and we did, a, you know, an albums Unleashed with him and but I even think at that time we kind of got the vibe that he wasn't 100% on board with with continuing to do it. You know, I think he was he was really he got way more jazz talking about the side projects he was doing yeah. than he did talking about Tesla. And I, you know, he's earned some time off. So, you know, I I wish him the best. Tesla is good with Steve Brown playing drums. I've seen plenty of video of them with them. So he's kind of like, you know, it's the best of both worlds. I get to do my thing. They still sound great. So, so be it, you know, so he might not be coming
0: back though. But I'm sure there's a lot of hardcore Troy Lucchetta fans out there going, where's our drummer? You know, every time Tesla goes out, just like any band that loses a member, that has fans you know in the fan base we love that guy you know whether it's maybe it's him kind of giving a blessing to say hey it's okay go like tesla even though i'm not there
1: yeah absolutely but yeah i, I wish troy the best we need to get back in touch with him because you know he did say he would do another albums unleashed with us so we probably yeah. need to look into into doing one of
0: those bring him out to rock and pod I would love to have him back at Rockin' Pod. He had a blast the last time. Do you want to make a Rockin' Pod announcement on here? Anything Anything you got for us? Oh, I guess I can, right? Yeah? Since uh we always give the Decibel Geek
1: listeners the, the news early. So, uh, yeah, I confirmed yesterday that uh, Jason McMaster from Dangerous Toys will be joining us at Rockin' Pod next year.
0: That's freaking awesome. I love that band. Yeah, me too. And
1: uh, just... Got to thank Tyson Leslie for that. Tyson's buddies with him, and also Jason's got a really cool podcast with uh, a rock journalist named Dave Glessner uh, called Talk Louder, and they've had some really good interviews. I just watched a cool one with them and Billy Sheehan recently. And uh, I was like, I've always wanted to have him as a guest, and now he's doing a podcast. This just makes too much sense for him not to be a part of things. Right, so, uh, yeah, sure. we're, we're excited
0: to have him. That's awesome, man. Two guests. That's how it not starts. more. Oh, you got more announced- already? Well, keep keep them coming then. Well, I
1: announced Genie already. Oh, know. did you? Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah. that's
0: three. Three, we're up to.
1: I announced Rick Fox too. Four. That's four guests yeah. we
0: got for <laughs> Rockin' Pod now.
1: Yeah. I'm rolling, I'm rolling them out slow. I've got a few things on the back burner I'm working on. No, it's yeah, it it's just, all good. Uh, we got plenty of time. Yeah, Mark Weiss also. I you know yeah, I know I was counting but, him. Um, I was counting okay. him. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah, we're, uh, we're rolling. I, I got the pre-party venue locked in. It's a great place. So, so yeah, we're, we're we're working on things. But, yeah, it's coming together. A lot of podcasts have already registered. So, yeah, I've right got a on. lot of people showing up already.
0: Very so cool. going to be fun. Very cool.
1: Uh, some Iron Maiden news. BMG has announced the release of a commemorative triple black vinyl album in honor of the 40th anniversary of Number of the Beast. Wow. Uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. It says, available now officially for the first time on vinyl, The it is Beast over Hammersmith, uh, featuring the live concert from March 1982's now legendary Hammersmith Odeon London show from the Beast on the Road world tour, recorded only days before the release of the record and uh so this these are brand new songs that were getting played to a crowd for the first time so that's kind
0: of cool that is pretty cool and i like how they come right out and tell you that the bonus tracks are live tracks not yep. like the recent guns N' roses announcement of the Use Your illusion one and two deluxe versions with 63 or whatever it is unreleased tracks and you go holy shit because when it says unreleased tracks what do you think demos and actual songs that were tracked that didn't maybe make it on the album. So you think, 63 Guns N' Roses songs I've never heard before? Take my money. And you get to looking at it and go like, what are these songs? Oh, they're all unreleased live tracks of songs you've heard before. Yeah, the
1: price the price tag on that Guns N' Roses set is ridiculous. Yeah. It's like $500 or something? Yeah, it's
0: pretty expensive and... Yeah, it's nothing you haven't heard before, except for the live tracks. Right. Yeah, this Iron Maiden three LP
1: for uh, Number of the Beast slash Beast over Hammersmith only sixty bucks. That's not a bad That's deal. That's not bad.
0: Not bad yeah, at all. So
1: I wouldn't wouldn't mind picking that up. That'd be kind of cool. Um, let's see. Uh, enough's enough is in the news this week. They, uh, announced their new album, new studio album, finer than sin. And they also released the first single off of it. Oh, it's a song song called catastrophe.
0: Have you checked the song out? Yet? Uh, this is all news to me right now. Okay. I'm getting the news. <laughs> I had no idea. Enough's enough. Had a new album coming out. That's amazing. What's the song called? Catastrophe. Catastrophe. Well, you know what I'll be doing as soon as we're done here. I'll be checking that out. It's... uh, The album Finer Than Sin
1: comes out November 11th on Frontiers. Uh, I've checked out the song. I'm not really blown away by it personally. Um, But then again... The last two records that enough enough's enough has put out the singles they that they pick are songs that I'm not crazy about and then I like the record later so yeah um maybe I'll like the record more than I like this song but yeah it, it's still cool that there's new uh original enoughs enough stuff coming out soon
0: I still need to pick up that chips enough solo album that came out not too long ago that's actually
1: got some really good stuff yeah, on I it. know it does the track listing is already out it's Soundcheck, Catastrophe, Steal the Light, Lost and Out of Control, Intoxicated, Hurricane, Trampoline, Temporarily Disconnected, God Save the Queen, and Reprise.
0: Nice. Say who plays on it?
1: Yeah, it's uh, Chip, Tori, Tony, and Daniel. Shit, it's yeah. the, the current touring band is who's who's on this record.
0: That's who Chip used on the last Enough's Enough album where they did the tribute to the Beatles and the Beatles members. What was the name of that? Hard Rock Night? Yeah. Yeah, Hard Rock Hard Night. Hard Rock Night. And he used the real band, and it was freaking awesome. Musically, it was amazing. So, and that's what we've always said about Enough's Enough in the modern era version of the band. Don't go out getting special studio buddies and this and that. Save that stuff for your solo albums. Enough's Enough, use the band, you know, because Enough's Enough is a band, always has been a band, so we like it when the actual band gets to play on the album. So, surely this is going to be kick-ass, no doubt about it yeah i'm looking forward to
1: hearing it and um to give donnie a little love i i saw um our friend joey casada who is you know m- mostly on pod- podcast rock city but also does a show called top five with joey casada uh, you know and i just found this recently about a year ago he d- he had donnie on his show to do like top five enough's enough songs yeah. with him and his co host, nice. and it's it's a long episode, but it's pretty interesting to hear. You get a lot of stories behind the the writing of several songs on that. So check that out if you get a chance.
0: Right on. Was he a producer too,
1: Joey? Yeah. No, but he was in a band called. Uh, well, he was on a TV show called Z Rock, and he was also in Z O Two, the band that opened for Kiss. And he's also been in the wrestling world. He's done okay. a lot of stuff. I was
0: gonna say that name sounds real familiar to me.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a trip. I love him on uh, Podcast Rock City because Joe Polo will try to kind of, you know, be very in the middle and be cool. And then Joey's like, he's in the wrestling world. So, you know, like they did a whole thing on the Sam Loomis drama with the video. Leads, yeah. And Joey's like, oh, I love all this stuff. This is like a wrestling promo. So, yeah, he was he, he brought a lot of levity to the whole situation. Nice. <laughs> oh, and speaking of Sam Loomis, apparently Sam Loomis will make a reappearance uh, on Halloween with more unreleased
0: Kiss stuff from what I've heard. I love Sam Loomis. (laughs) God bless Sam Loomis. (laughs) It's the greatest Kiss soap opera of all time. He's like a a Kiss superhero, you know? It's like a superhero to Kiss fans. You want to do Rockstar Birthdays? Sure. Okay, let's see. Where did we leave off last time? Let's see. Starting off on... i got a couple of different lists here. Happy birthday on the second to our friends Lee Stokes and Casey Powell. Lee Stokes, longtime listener of the show. Good friend of ours, Casey Powell. Got to hang out with him when we went to do the power slave party. Casey's a good dude. I like him. Super cool, man. Love that guy. Uh, On the third, happy birthday to Tommy Lee. You know how how old Tommy Lee is? 63. Oh, no, you're overestimating him. He? He's turning 60 this year. Oh, okay. Speaking of Enough's Enough, and our favorite current Enough's Enough player, guitar player, happy birthday to Tori from Enough's Enough. Stoffergen, I believe is how it's yep. pronounced. Is that pretty good? I think you got it right. Yeah, yeah. See, that's that, that Wisconsin in me. Sometimes I can hit it just right. <laughs> Love last names like that. And love Tori, man. Awesome guitar player. Super cool dude. Been nice to us every time we ever got to talk to him. Love it. This guy right here, got a birthday coming up on the 8th. Left us an awesome review just not too long ago on the Decibel Geek Podcast. Metal Mike Tyler, celebrating a birthday on the 8th. Then we got uh, our old buddy, Chrissy Salem. Remember Chrissy Salem? How could I forget? That guy's amazing. He's got a birthday coming up on the 10th. David Stonich. Onich. Got a birthday on the 10th. Happy birthday, David. David's awesome. He set us up with that John Karabi interview all them years ago and sat right there with us while we did it the whole time. Yep. Love that guy. We all went
1: drink for drink with John Karabi and lived to regret it. (laughs) <laughs> i don't regret it we live to tell the tale it was a great episode but god i was hung over the day after that
0: interview <laughs> it was awesome so awesome let's see on the 12th wishing a happy birthday to our awesome friend christine perry if you've been to Rockin' pod you know christine yeah i just went to her birthday party last night yeah it's very cool man she's awesome and that's about all i got man like i said this uh This birthday thing is kind of an evolving deal because I got to add birthdays to the list and it's just kind of a random thing. Within like a couple of years, I'll have it down. I'll know everybody's birthday. But we got to remember the people that we lost. People you got to remember this week. Back in 2017, on the second, we lost Tom Petty. Yeah. A couple of years ago now. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. Uh, If you're a fan of the cars, you want to remember Benjamin Orr, passed away on the 3rd in 2000. You want to go way back, one of the 27s, the 27 club members, on the 4th, Janis Joplin, back in 1970. Here's a guy that lasted quite a bit longer than her, Ginger Baker, made it to 2019, passed away on the 6th. He shares the death remembrance day from 2020, Eddie Van Halen. Mm. The anniversary comes around again. Yeah, we're almost there again. Wow, that's always going to be one of the toughest ones.
1: That was a yeah. That's one of those you'll never forget where you were when you
0: heard the news. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Death Day on the ninth. Marilyn Manson fans remember in Gidget Geen who passed away in two thousand eight. On the tenth, we'll always remember this lady, Jan Kuhnemand who passed away in 2013, a guest on the show.
1: Yeah, one of our first big interviews.
0: Yeah, that was in the first 100. Yep. And she was so cool, and she was so awesome. And, you know, it was a good interview, you know, and we just talked to her like a regular person, and I think she really kind of helped guide us a little bit on how to really do – quote interview you know <laughs> yeah. we were
1: we were kind of, we were kind of fumbling around trying to figure out what we were doing but she was yeah. she was a great sport with it and she had, yeah <laughs> and we had a, we had a great time with her yeah Aaron oh, gave her man. a pep talk at the end of the interview I remember that
0: it was fun man yeah. I really enjoyed talking to her I made me really sad when she passed away and like I said that wasn't too long after you know a couple of years after we'd spoken to her I'd like I wish yeah. I could have talked to her again she was yeah, really she was cool sweet and that's what we got for coming up on uh death days and got to remember these people because they're all legends and you don't want to let them be forgotten. Um as far as records coming out, man, I don't know. I lost track. But here's what I found out. I went to the CD warehouse the other day and I realized, "Oh, the new Slipknot is out." Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and pick that up because I want to, you know, I want to Sometimes I want to get into heavy music, you know? I get in the mood for some Pantera and some old Metallica and stuff like that. But I kind of want to broaden it out a little bit. Uh, Catching Hatebreed live with Anthrax. Yeah, they were great. I always kind of liked Hatebreed, but then after that show, I was really kind of deep-dived into them a little more. As far as heavy, heavy music goes, that stuff is so good. So I wanted to check out the new Slipknot album. But while I'm walking in there, I realize... Holy shit, there's a new Dead Daisies album out. I didn't even know it. What, Holy Ground? No, not Holy Ground. That was last year, back in September. They've already got a new album out. It's called Radiance. And I didn't even know this. I didn't either. I didn't know nothing about it. It's like surprise if you walk into a record store huh. that still bring still sells new albums and new CDs. Here's the Dead Daisies album you didn't know about. I said, holy shit, you know, and I bought it. And the other one I got that I was kind of excited and pretty surprised to see was that Pat Travers has got a new album out. The old yeah. snorting whiskey guy. Mark Alden Taylor? I've always, yeah, not, not, not <laughs> the guy that actually snorts the whiskey. The guy that wrote the song <laughs> that inspired the greatness. Right. Or the madness. I'm not sure which. We'll find out on right. Rockin' Pod maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, he's got a new album out called The Art of Time Travel. And, you know, oh, cool. Pat Travers is freaking awesome. I didn't really I know e- a whole lot about him until we started doing this show. And people would say, you know, do you ever listen to Pat Travers? You know, I said, no, not really. And I got a hold of one of his albums, one of the old school ones. And I was like, man, this cooks. You know, it's kind of bluesy, oh, yeah. but it's heavy. And he's a decent singer, and he does... Like cool. He'll take like old time blues songs and like make them like almost blues metal songs. It's badass, man. I really like that guy. And I didn't get a chance to check that out yet or the new Slipknot because the very first thing I listened to was The Dead Daisies. And it is killer. The whole thing is really good. There's a song on here called Cascade that is out of this world man it's got a really cooking riff to it so i don't have the future for you i do know ugly kid joe's coming out on the 21st that's a little ways nice. down the line um otherwise yeah we'll check back next week i'll try to get it together a little bit better than that that's cool can
1: i share a couple things i bought recently yeah
0: please so i went to i did i went to mckay
1: last weekend uh i had to go help my mom with her internet she was having a lot of trouble with it so i I did the best i could because now you know you realize you're getting older when your mom calls you to help with something technical and you're (laughs) just as dumbfounded as she is by it um we got it figured out though but uh i went to mckay and and my god the fucking the vinyl pricing at mckay has gotten out of hand It's, it's the the prices are insane like, stuff I would pay $4 for is now $20. So I didn't buy any vinyl, but I've also gotten... I've kind of gotten back into DVD collecting, like, uh, you know, music DVDs. So yeah. I picked up a few things. I got Anvil, the story of Anvil. Right on. I got Kurt and Courtney, the documentary about Kurt Cobain.
0: Oh I have seen that.
1: I got the Alice Cooper Welcome to My Nightmare. Nice. The TV special. That's on DVD. I got that for 10 bucks. <laughs> And then I got this, and I know this is not our audience, but it's if you like rock documentaries, this might be the mother of them all. I got the History of the Eagles, the three-disc set. Wild. Now, the reason I got this is it's like the most well-made music documentary of all time. Even if you're not an Eagles fan, you'll like it. And they took it off streaming. You can't find it anywhere. So I was like, $18, bucks, i will just buy the damn thing.
0: That's the thing about physical product. You know, you could be watching something that you love to watch all the time that's streaming on one of your favorite platforms, and then one day it's gone, you know. Yep. If you don't have the physical product, you're reliant on other entities when you could be relying on yourself. Yeah, And then the last thing I bought, three bucks,
1: Joey Kramer hit hard his uh, autobiography. Oh, the nice. Drum from Aerosmith. Yeah. So, yeah, I figured, and forward by Nikki Six, but I figured three bucks
0: for Joey Kramer's biography? Why not, you know? That's pretty cool. So, yeah, that's some good stuff there. Speaking of McKay's, I want to ask you about something. Have you ever heard of a band called Bang Gang? Sounds familiar. Yeah, it's uh, it's like an 80s-style band. I think it came out in, like, 90. I found this at McKay's. It was 14 bucks. But it deceived me because it was mixed in over with the cheap CDs. So when I saw it, I was like, I know that's something. It's something weird, rare. And I grabbed it. I pulled it out hoping it was going to be like 99 cents and it was 15 bucks. And I said, shit, I know this is something weird and rare that's going to be right in the decibel geek wheelhouse of stuff that we like. All right. So I bit the bullet and I got it. And then when I got home and I looked it up, it's selling on eBay for like forty five bucks, but wow. it's this—it's like this uh, Sunset Strip band coming out in the nineties. You know, one of those ones that were around just enough to put out an album, and then kind of went away. So I'll be interested in checking that one out. How about this one? How about Bo Nasty? Do you know about Bo Nasty? <laughs> no, I've never heard of Bo Nasty. Okay, well this is stuff that I might be bringing up. Someday on a Radio Sucks radio show. Bo Nasty is another one. Kind of a Sunset Strip style band coming out in the 90s. I think they only had one album. But they're actually, I listen to it. It's not bad. It's not bad. Cool. So that's what I know about that. That's your new music update. (laughs) Okay. Stuff that's new to us. Get the, through these last
1: few stories, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Motley Crue, uh Nikki Six and Tommy Lee were one of the, or two of the many people involved in the second Taylor Hawkins tribute concert that took place at the LA Forum recently. Did you see the footage of this? I did not. Well, they, um, it was kind of interesting, because Dave Grohl announced them as Motley Crew, and I'm like, all four of them are coming out? But it wasn't. It was just Nikki and Tommy, but, um they had Derek Dave singing for them. Who was, he's the singer for classless act. Okay. That was the opening band on the stadium tour yeah. and managed by the same company that, that manages Motley Crue. So I, was like, I don't know if you want to take that as a sign that
0: Vince is out or anything. I, I doubt it. No, but I would just take that as a thing that, you know, Motley crew is trying to make money off of this band too, trying to help, you know, bring them up, you know, yeah. bring them with,
1: but they did, uh, they did Live Wire with him, which was really good, and the you know the kid doesn't really hit the high notes, but neither does Vince, and he actually was a little bit more fun to watch than Vince. So it was uh, it was they did Live Wire, and then they followed it up with Home Sweet Home, and it was it was cool to see who played guitar. Kind of inter- Um, Who did play guitar? Oh, I have to look. Oh. It wasn't any of them. It was somebody. Uh, oh no, I think Chris Shephard from uh, Foo Fighters oh, okay. played guitar. That's cool. Um, and actually. He actually did a great job on the Home Sweet Home solo. He had the whole feel that Mick had and everything on it. It was pretty great. That's awesome. So that was a lot of fun. Pretty cool. And then also, um, I saw you added Sebastian Bach <laughs> on here. There was, uh, well, we should touch on this because there was an interesting uh, couple of Sabbath songs performed with uh, Sebastian and Geezer Butler and Lars Ulrich on drums, right? Sounded cool, man. Yeah, it sounded good. But then... Uh, Sebastian
0: had to be Sebastian as they were walking off the stage. What the hell, man? You're at the Taylor Hawkins tribute. (laughs) Let's hear it for Taylor Hawkins. Crowd cheers. That's cool. You know, that's great. Keep walking. No, wait. Let's hear it for Dave Grohl. Okay, Dave Grohl, you know, Foo Fighters put this whole thing together. That's awesome. Let's hear it for him. So he cheers for him. And you stop and you go, wait a minute. There's one more person. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> most importantly <laughs> most importantly let's hear it for me oh sebastian bach what the fuck
1: there's the thing about knowing the room and uh he doesn't have that and no it, it came off so douchey and yeah it's like, don't don't be that guy you know i just he's an overgrown teenager i i you know i Sebastian is an amazing performer. He did great on the songs, but he just, God, he gets in his own way all the time. And it's just like, man, yeah. you're, you're just an asshole. I'm sorry. It
0: sucks. It sucks <laughs> to see somebody so talented and awesome just kind of blow it all the time. And you want to say, man, you know, it's the Vinnie Vincent syndrome. Well, you know, I mean, I mm. wish we could help that guy, you know, but you yeah. don't want to. You don't get caught up mm. in none of that. Stay far away if you can.
1: Well, and he's not very self-aware because, like, even on Instagram, actually today he posts a video of an old interview with Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins talking about Sebastian and Tommy Lee and how, like, their whole vocabulary is the word dude or fuck. And they were like, that's all they ever say is dude or fuck. You could take interviews and just have a whole compilation. They were, they were basically making fun yeah. of Tommy Lee and, and Sebastian Bach. And Sebastian reposts it and is like, dude, fuck. And it's like they weren't complimenting you. Yeah, <laughs> I,
2: like,
1: I, I don't. I, I don't get him sometimes. I was like, okay, well, I'm sure he. He Sebastian seems like a guy that would be fun to party with for one night, but if you had to go out on tour with him in a band, no, not so much. Yeah, yeah. I I think he would
0: get on your nerves after a few hours. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Yeah. Or would do something to cause people to fight you all the time. You know, you'd always be breaking up fights. Like, if you were Spashbox's best friend, I imagine it's a life of not saying what's on your mind and also breaking up fights all the time or getting pulled into fights you have nothing to do with.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Sebastian is going to... He always lives up to his reputation, it seems like. A lot of, why
2: did you do that?
0: Yeah. Uh, Uh, Ah. So be it. We still have the music, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for Uh, sure. I was just listening to some Sebastian Bach the other day, the Angel Down album. Yeah, I love that record. Fucking masterpiece. That, That record is in league with the first two Skid Row records. I don't care what anyone says. I agree with that.
1: All right, so here's the story that this one kind of set the internet on fire, and I, I think Eddie Trunk had something to do with that because he bitched about it too. But I don't, I don't disagree with him. Falling in Reverse, which it, it's funny, this is a band that my uh, teenage stepdaughter was really into in high school. Uh, they have been criticized for pulling out of this year's Will Rock Festival over their laptops going missing, <laughs> and. Um, let me read the quote. Uh, the, the singer Ronnie Radke, who also has quite a checkered past as well, uh, he did a video, and he says, Will Rock, I regret to inform you that we have to cancel and we have no other option. I'm sorry. And I never make videos like this, but I feel I owe it to you guys. So we show up to rehearsal, only plan to rehearse one time because we just got off tour. We don't need to rehearse that much. Not a great thing to say. And we walk into rehearsals and our laptops are missing that we run all of our show on and stuff. And as a band in 2022, you need your laptops. It's like driving a car without an engine. It's really unfortunate. Supposedly, they are lost. Blame it on our crew, I guess. Not another, another bad move. I don't know how that happened. That's never happened before. I'm pretty upset about it. They are brand new laptops, and I'll see you guys at Aftershock in Sacramento on October 2nd. Oh, man.
0: Where do we start with this? Well, I mean, <laughs> the initial first reaction has got to be what kind of band can't play without the help of laptops? You know, that's the metal exactly. that's the metal hard rocking thing to think and say. But then you break it down just a little bit further than that and you go, well, in 2022, to make your show as efficient as possible, you could use laptops to help you time everything out, you know, but do you really need them to the effect that if you don't have them, you can't perform? I don't know, man. That seems a little little cheaty, a little, I guess.
1: I don't know. Cheap, maybe? I guess we should give him credit for being honest. True. Even, even if it's to a fault. Uh, the, the Really, I mean, it's bad enough that you're admitting that you can't do your show without a fucking laptop, but it's even worse that you're putting the blame on your crew. Like, uh, I don't think their crew probably took too kindly to him saying that. Probably if I'm not. In the crew, I'm like, fuck you guys. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not like a big shocker that some of these newer bands, uh, are using laptops to supplement their sound and I get it. We're in a different age and and this is also Aaron and I being get off our lawn old guys, but at the same time, it's one of those things like if you don't have the goods and you can't do it without a laptop, what are you doing up there? I mean, there used to be a time when you would get mocked mercilessly for this type of stuff, but now it's, it's just the status quo you use laptops, you supplement your sound with all. And not that K- I mean hell, you know our our late dear departed friend Gary Corbett used to support Kiss with, you know, supplemental background vocals and so it's been going on for a long time. But I don't think Kiss would have canceled a show if Gary couldn't
0: show up. Yeah. Man. Millie and Vanilli are rolling in their graves. Yeah, I know. God, boy did those guys get the raw end of the yeah. deal, didn't they? I mean, <laughs> If only they'd have known, they'd have said, no, you can't take our Grammys away because in just a few years, none of this is going to matter. Everybody's going to be lip syncing. Everybody's going to rely on technology to do everything for them. What we're doing is perfectly fine in just like 10 years. <coughs> like it's It goes back to that old saying,
1: just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth like yeah there's technology out there that'll help you and carry you along but at the same time you know didn't you start playing music because you wanted to play music yeah or i don't know
0: i forget who was telling me one of these old rockers was telling me uh i think at Rockin' and was telling a story about how these young guys are talking about their their new album and this and that and they're playing it it sounds pretty cool and he's like that's really cool guys when are you gonna go play it live and they were like what no, we just yeah, like we created do this in our bedroom, you know, where we don't go play it live. You know, they just take parts of guitars and piece it all together. You can make a perfect song with no mistakes. Sure. Hey guys, when are you going to go play it live? Who, what? <laughs> no way, man. Yeah. Not happening. I don't, I don't understand the times
1: we're living yeah. in and maybe it's just our age. I don't know. But, uh. Uh, Wednesday 13 in the news, uh, he blasts A.C. Slade in the Murder Dolls dispute. Uh, So A.C. Slade, uh, I guess, is putting out uh, or he wants to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Beyond the Valley of the Murder Dolls album. And he was going to do a a live stream event and uh, I think sell merch and stuff. And Wednesday 13 is... Pretty pissed off about it, apparently.
0: Well, I mean, there's and, two things in this story, and I've been kind of keeping up with this a little bit because I'm a huge Wednesday 13 fan, and I'm a big fan of the Murder Dolls. And that was my introduction yeah. to Wednesday 13 was the Murder Dolls way back in the day. And, you know, the Murder Dolls were created by Joey Jordison from Slipknot, right. brought on Wednesday 13, and the two of them basically were the Murder Dolls. And so they got these other guys, got AC Slade, and I man, I just off the top of my head, I can't remember the name of the other guy, but he's kind of involved in this too with AC Slade. That they were gonna put that album out uh Beyond the Valley of the Murder Dolls. But it was it was Wednesday 13 and Joey Jordison's band, mostly. And so they go out on tour, they take these guys with, they're basically tour guys, but they're, you know, parts of the band. Years later, I guess. Murder Dolls is long gone. Joey's gone back to Slipknot. We'd end up losing him not too long after that. Uh, Murder Dolls put out two albums. I think the second one, it was just Joey and Wednesday 13. Like, those were the only two guys credited on it. And he forgets about it, I guess. You know, doesn't realize that Murder Dolls still has value and lets the trademark slip i guess from what i understand and when he yeah. does that ac slade sees it or happens to be looking at that same time hey i wonder if that murder dolls is is available if anybody's kept up on that oh it is available i'll take it so yeah. while technically it's not cool because I mean, it should be a thing where they're all getting together to honor Joey Jordison and the anniversary of that kick-ass album, which I love, would be the ideal thing for it to be, but it's not going to be that because Wednesday 13 not going to have anything to do with it. He thinks it sucks that they're selling murder dolls merchandise, when on the other hand, legally, they have the right
1: to do it. I mean, AC can do it. At the, but I also see Wednesday's point on this thing because like, it was pretty much Joey and Wednesday that did the record. Right. Trip Eisen.
0: That's right. That's the guy I was thinking of.
1: He plays a little bit on it, but it not even that much. Um, like, He plays solos on some of the songs, not even all of the songs. And then AC was part of the touring lineup. Yeah. So it's, technically, he wasn't really a member of the band when the album got recorded. So, I mean, to me, it, it's... I don't have a problem with A.C. Slade trying to make a buck, but it screams of him just trying to make a buck off of something that he was kind of
0: involved in just on the touring side. So it would kind of be like and if, for some crazy reason, Kiss let the trademark slip on Hotter Than Hell. Vinnie Vincent notices it, buys the trademark, and then is having a Vinnie Vincent celebration of the whatever anniversary of Hotter Than Hell. Right? Yeah, it'd be kind of weird. Kind of weird. But (laughs) if he was the only one that saw the value in the Murder Dolls name and brand and was able to get it, you can't really fault him for that. That's pretty slick. And if nobody else is doing anything to remember that great album and that great band, it's cool for the fans to be able to go to something like that. Because if you're a hardcore Murder Dolls fan, you're probably going to want to go to that. You know, because those guys, even yeah. though their contributions were pretty minimal in the pictures and the magazines and all that, it was all of them. So when you look right. at the Murder Dolls back then, it wasn't even pitched as this is a two-man project. It Even in the album, it looked like it was a band. Right. So
1: Yeah, I mean, well, you can't blame the fans for wanting to have something from no. this. So I get that, but I... I think the big rub here is between AC and Wednesday, but I mean, I, you know, who knows? I guess AC legally can do all this stuff. If he, if he jumped on that trademark, then, you know, more power to you. But it's interesting seeing these guys kind of talk smack to each other in the press about it.
0: I think maybe it could have been different possibly if AC would have got the trademark and then went before saying anything to anybody else going immediately to Wednesday 13 and going, Hey, I noticed that it slipped. I grabbed it up. Is there anything you want to do together? Is there anything we can do to honor this? I don't worry about nothing. I got the trademark on it. But instead, I mean, I guess you kind of know the outcome already, what it's going to be, so you just kind of do it, knowing that no matter what happens, Wednesday's going to be pissed because Joey Jordison's not here to be a part of it. And Wednesday 13 don't want to be a part of it. No, I mean, he's got his own thing going yeah, on. Yeah, for I mean, sure. And
1: I mean and without Joey Jordison is is it really worth even doing? I don't I don't I don't know. I mean he was pretty integral to that whole project. So I don't I mean
0: are, are we really arguing about big bucks here? I don't right. it, it's a pretty limited audience anyway. And that's why probably nobody was paying attention to that name. Me myself, I love the Murder Dolls and that's another band I wish we could have got one more album from before yeah. it all ended. But anything murder dolls going forward if it's new music it's not really murder dolls in any possible way but yeah. to remember the band and honor the name you know as long as they're not disparaging it which obviously they won't be fans like it have fun with it but right. it does kind of suck for wednesday 13 too i definitely see his side of it yeah
1: we'll see what happens um this is just a quick story. I want to give props to this guy because he's kind of a local here. Um, Brett Carlisle, who he's in a band out of Birmingham, Alabama, called All or Nothing, and he's friendly with a lot of people that are kind of in our circle. Yeah. Um, he uh, he got uh, got the big call up to the show and got to fill in uh, as singer for Great White recently at a few shows in Las Vegas, and because uh, a- Andrew Freeman had uh, c- previous commitments with Last in Line. And uh, normally this wouldn't be much of a story, but uh, if you've watched the video of Brett singing for them, this is about as close to Jack Russell as they've ever gotten with any of the replacement singers. And honestly, I think he blew Andrew Freeman right off the stage.
0: Yeah, I've seen the videos. I agree with you. I think this guy was great. I mean, you know, when you're getting other singers that are well-known for different projects before they come to you, we talk about this with the Dead Daisies. When John Karabi joins the Dead Daisies, guess what? Doesn't matter how good they are, they become the John Karabi band. So then when Glenn Hughes joins them, same thing. Doesn't matter how good they are, they automatically become the Glenn Hughes band because that's what you get with a powerful, well-known singer. All this time, these guys have been getting their Mitch Malloys and their Terry Luce's and guys like that. Guys are well known for other things. Andrew Freeman. And so when you've got a strong singer join your band, they're never going to try to be like, okay, you want me to sound like Jack Russell? I'm going to change my style to sound like Jack Russell so that your band can be the best that it can be. No, these guys are already known for their own voices, so they're not going to change to try to fit what it should be. Now, you got Brett Carlisle here. He's a young dude. He knows what to do. I'm going to go in here. I'm going to try to sell my best to be like Jack Russell, to give an authentic great white experience and doesn't have the ego to say oh well I'm from this band so I'm going to sing my way and that's just the way it is and your songs will adapt to me mm-hmm. this kid actually adapted to the songs and you're right yeah. this guy is the best singer they've had since Jack Russell that's Jack I'm just going to put it out there
1: Yeah and I I saw him at Bowie's last night he was at uh, Christine's party and and I just I I was real quick with him I just said congrats on uh you know, doing the shows with Great White, and I said, uh, "Are you gonna, are you gonna be the guy?" And he's like, "Oh, I can't say anything." And he's like, "But you know, we might do one more show together, but then after that, I don't know." But I mean, he's the kid's twenty five. I mean, and he's got his own band, uh, yeah. All or Nothing's, doing pretty well for themselves. So I don't know that he even wants the gig. But I, there's been a lot of chatter online uh, of people going, "Well, just let Andrew Freeman continue to do last in the line and hire this kid." So yeah, I don't know who who knows. I uh, I'd still love to see Jack in the band but I, I don't think that's ever going to happen so you know maybe we'll we'll see something happen with this
0: kid I'd like to check out his other band too maybe coming up on a fresh blood or something we can feature them
1: Yeah they they've been building a good audience over the last couple of years so it it's cool to see them uh you know making waves but no i was just it was just cool to see him kind of get thrust into the spotlight to do these shows with great white so i uh, i'm very happy for him it was, it was it was a good opportunity for him yeah and
0: happy for Great white too to finally find a singer that matches what you're doing and what you've been all these years yeah i kind of like it
1: next story uh metallica's doing something really cool here um you know johnny z john zazula from uh megaforce passed away not too long ago yeah not too long and after
0: losing his wife
1: yeah, yeah, Marsha passed away not too long before, not, you know, pretty much before that. And um, Metallica is going to do a really cool thing. They're going to do a special show at the Hard Rock Live and Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida on Sunday, November 6th. And they're going to do a full show uh, kind of in benefit uh, to remember them. It's a 7,000-seater and uh if you're a member of the metallica fan club you'll have early access well that actually that's already happened september 28th is when tickets went on sale but uh, a portion of the proceeds are going to be donated in johnny and marsh's name to music cares which is a very important charity in the music community yeah and uh all within my hands with metallica's charity will once again be supporting feeding south
0: florida with a donation that's awesome they need it right now and I
1: think Raven's opening this show. Yeah, oh, yeah, I Raven's did see that. Be, that's be the opener. Freaking
0: awesome, man! I love to see it when a a band that's super popular will give it back to a band who influenced them. Yeah,
1: yeah, because Raven took Metallica out on their first big tour yeah. back in the uh, in the early '80s. So it's cool that you know it's nice that these guys remember where they came from, and they're doing something to pay tribute to Johnny and Marsha who helped. You know, very integral part of Metallica's early years. So. And then Raven, of course, taking them out on tour. So I'm, I'm really happy for Raven and everybody involved. And it's cool that Metallica's doing Although I heard ticket prices are insanely high for this thing.
0: Oh, I'm sure. But you can feel good about yourself because it's going to a good cause. Yeah. And you're getting to see yeah. something awesome. I wonder if they're going to do anything special like play all early stuff.
1: I hope so. Uh, Metallica is good about that. Where yeah. the you know certain special occasions, they will mix setlists up and do that stuff. So I'm happy for that. I, I can't wait to see video from it because I certainly can't afford to go down to Florida to see it. Right. But uh, I'm sure it'll wind up on YouTube in no time. A um, couple more stories. Wasp have announced they're offering their first ever VIP meet and greet packages on the upcoming U.S. leg of the 40 years live world tour. VIP meet-greet packages are available for all dates on the U.S. tour, including shows that are already sold out. Uh, This thing is like $300. Uh, It's uh, In addition to meeting Blackie and getting a personal photo with him, fans will also be able to get a photo holding Blackie's original BC Rich Widow bass guitar and get a photo standing and get a photo standing next to Elvis Blackie's incredibly unique and one-of-a-kind microphone stand. I want to climb up on top of it. <laughs> yeah. The damn thing weighs like 400 That's pounds. That's crazy. The microphone stand's heavy too <laughs> <actually>. Um Anyway.
2: <coughs>
1: hit the rim shot. Um, but now, I, interesting that he's doing this, cause, and it, all the response I read is, Blackie does not seem like a meet-and-greet kind of guy. No. Complaint. No, I and, can't imagine that. And there's... There's people predicting that he will cancel the meet and greets on this tour the when one. they start selling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he doesn't like dealing with with Like, human Three
0: beings. strikes for stupid questions, and this thing is over. It's like something somebody yeah. talked him into. Like you really got to you know capitalize on this. That's where people bands you know well-known people are making money you know and you've never done nothing like this no your fans have never had an opportunity to really meet you like this you know you got to do it oh fuck i don't want to you got to that's where the money's at three strikes three stupid questions it's over ten minutes later he's like i'm done I don't know, we'll see. And I did
1: see an interview with Chris Holmes recently where... I was just going to bring that yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> where he was talking about uh, Blackie. That'll be
0: the first question from somebody. Hey, Blackie, hey, Blackie, did you hear that Chris Holmes said you should change the name of the song to Fuck Like a Priest? Yeah, I thought that was funny. I'm done, I'm out. <laughs>
1: yeah. I thought that was pretty well played by Chris.
0: <laughs> pretty funny. That guy, I'd like to meet Chris Holmes, he's funny dude. Yeah, me too. All right, we got one more left
1: today. Dave Mustaine is still hoping to write new music with James Hetfield, and the quote was, the world really does want us to do that. In a new interview with Vinyl Writer Music, Mustaine said that he has been secretly hoping there would be a day where he could write music again with James Hetfield. He says, I think the the world wants us to do it. I think there is a pretty good possibility of it happening down the line. I do think it's possible that one day James is going to come around and that he and I are going to be able to do something together again. I guess that's one of the things that's always kept me pushing forward. I think it'd be good for Megadeth, and it could be great for Metallica too.
0: Is Ron McGovern still around? Oh, Ron McGovney. Ron McGovney, yeah. Yeah, is he he's is. still alive. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. You get Lars. You get James. You get Ron. You get Dave. You put out a new album together. Call it something completely different. Yeah, we'll see. Metal Death. We'll see what happens. Megatallica. I mean, Hepfield has
1: kind of laughed off this idea in the past in interviews, so uh, I don't know. But, I mean, it would be cool to hear. I mean, I I love the new Megadeth album, and uh, I, I, loved, yeah. I love Metallica's oh, yeah. Hardwired, so it would be interesting yeah. to hear if those two guys got in a room together and tried to hash it out and do a song. Um, I'd be game to hear it for sure.
0: Big news in the Metallica and Megadeth Hard Thrash World today. Murder suicide in the studio. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. they didn't even get through
1: like the first verse, and then they they murdered each other. Yeah, yeah. But not you know, I'll take that as a uh, pie in the sky idea that will probably never take place.
0: But we can dream. Yeah, I've just I've never even considered that as an idea because it just doesn't sound like something that would ever happen. I don't think. But that, yeah. in a world of never say never it could i mean
1: they're all still alive it could happen it would take it, it would take those guys having a serious talk with each other cuz even in the some kind of monster documentary where you know Metallica was kind of trying to deal with all their past demons and stuff you know the person that met with dave mustaine was lars you know it wasn't james so like he, james wouldn't even meet him at that time so who knows if they would actually get together and talk
0: Scared he's gonna start karateing them again right away. All right.
1: <laughs> you remember this move, Quacha! Yeah, but yeah, who knows? Maybe it will happen. That you talk about a it, that would be an album that would sell if those two got together and put uh-huh. some stuff together.
0: That would be something.
1: That's all that I, I got for uh, for new noise this week.
0: A little something to fantasize on until the next time. All right, there you have it. That's new noise. Like we said, we're looking for a new name. Help us find one. A good name. For a rocking news show that isn't so confusing, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. We might we might just use it if you give us a good one. Um, yeah, so I guess that's it, and we will see you what episode five hundred. That's right. Holy shit, we have a lot to look back on. See you then. See ya.